In Psalm chapter 34, verse 18, it, this is the, if there's a title, this might be it. And it says, the Lord is nigh. That just simply means that he's near, that he's close by. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart. Said when we experience a broken heart, the Lord is near to us. He goes on to say, the Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and saveth such as be of a contrite or broken or mourning spirit. So the verse is, the Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and saveth such that are of a contrite spirit. It goes on to say, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. David probably better than anyone else in the scripture is inspired by God to write verses that verses were written, penned down through David and through his experience and through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that no doubt gave David comfort in his times of need. But by David pinning it down, by it being pinned down and preserved for you and I, we can go to some of those same experiences that David had and we can get the same comfort and the same strength that David had. So we'll look at some of the verses that, that David, that was emphasized, many of them by David. And I trust this will be a little bit of a blessing to you. Psalm chapter 40, most of these are in the book of Psalm. If you want to write them down, I'm so glad that Rebecca's taking notes and writing them down. And if you need to know where these are, you can either ask Rebecca or me after it's over with. But if you want to write them down and go home and read them, it'll be a blessing for you to meditate upon them. And then when you have a time of need, you can resort to some of these promises in God's word. Psalm chapter 40. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me, and he heard my cry. It's good to know that the Lord is touched with the feelings of our infirmities, and that he hears, and he's inclined unto us, and he hears our cry. He brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and he actually set my feet upon a rock. And he established my goings. I'm thankful that we don't have to go forward in our own strength. Not any of us. It, it's not dependent upon us. It's dependent upon the Lord. And he says that he set my feet upon a rock and he established my goings. We oftentimes are reminded about how weak we are, how frail we are, and how needy that we are for the Lord. And his strength and his mercy and his blessing. He comes down in that psalm a little bit later and he says, David confesses this situation. He says, but I'm poor and needy. I'll never forget Sister Lee sharing with me that all of a sudden church meant a whole lot to her when she realized her need. 
And it's God that shows us our need. And David says right here, he says, I'm I'm just but a, a poor and needy individual. He says, but even though I'm poor and needy, he says, yet the Lord, through his mercy, he thinks on me. So in our time of need, God thinks on us. But I'm poor and needy, and yet the Lord thinketh upon me. David says, Lord, you're my help. And you're my deliverer. And then he says in this same verse, he says, Lord, I know that you're my strength. I know you're my help. I know you're my deliverer. And, and then he just says, and it's just kind of tucked in there. And it's, it's just so typical of the way that we might think. He says, Lord, I know that I'm poor and needy. I know that you think on me. I know that you're my help. I know that you're my deliverer. And then he says, and make no tarry. Lord, would you come right now? And would you help me right now? Lord, I, I have a need and I need for you to be with me right now. I need you to hold me up. I need you to strengthen me. And I know you can do it. You've done it in the past. And so he says, Lord, and, and make no tearing. Don't delay, Lord, in, in helping me and holding me up and delivering me. He says, make no tearing, oh, my God. Again, in uh, the psalmist in, uh, in Psalm chapter 46, a great, great psalm right here. The psalmist says, God is our refuge. That's our safe place. There are just not too many safe places uh, that, that we have. Hopefully your home is a, is a safe place. Hopefully the church is a safe place. Hopefully it's a haven. But he says right here that, that God is our refuge. And that's in every trial and every difficulty that we have that God has promised to be our refuge or our fortress or our hiding place or our safe place. He's promised to be our defense when we're defenseless. He says God is our refuge. And he says, by the way, he's a very present help. He helps us right now. He helped us yesterday and he'll help us tomorrow. But he's not just there, a God of the past, and he's not just a God of the future. David says he's there for us right now, today. And, and most of the time, that's that's when we really once we realize we need the Lord, we don't want a delayed help, but we want the Lord to help us right now. And and the psalmist is saying right here, he says, God is our refuge. He is our strength. And he says he's a very present meaning right now. He's a present help. In time of trouble. And then he sort of puts it in perspective for us. He sort of uh, classifies and puts it into perspective right here. He says, therefore, we will not fear. He says, therefore, will not we fear though the earth be removed. Now, we've never experienced anything like that, that the earth is removed. We have situations that are earth shattering in our life, but we've never experienced the earth being removed. We sometimes have experiences that we think our world is falling apart. But he says that even if the earth were removed, he says, therefore, we'll not, we will not fear it, though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. He, he's making some comparisons right here. He says, if the earth were to be removed, if the mountains were carried into the midst of the sea, he says, if the waters thereof roar and be troubled, and though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, he says, if, if all those things happened, if, 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 if our world fell apart and all of 
of those things happened around us. He says, there is a river. And he says, the streams thereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. And he says, and God is in the midst of her, and she shall not be moved. God shall help her. And I like how he says it right here. He says, God will help her. And he says, and he'll help her right early. God is always on time. Sometimes we might get to thinking that God is not on time or God doesn't care or God is not concerned about us, but God is always on time. His timing is perfect all the time. If there's something off on time, it's our uh, judgment of it. But God is always just right. God's in the midst of her and she shall not be moved. God shall help her in that right early. The heathen raised and the kingdoms were moved and he uttered his voice and the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. I want to get down to verse 10, which is really, really good. He just simply says, knowing all of this, realizing that even if the earth were removed, even if the mountains were moved, even if the waters were troubled, he says, remember that God is in the midst. God is in charge. God has all power. God is our strength, our deliverer, our refuge, and that God is with us at the right time all the time. And then he just simply says this. Be still. That's something for folks that are always on the go. That are always so busy. That get up in the morning and you don't stop until you get home and you, you, you get in bed and, and you're going full steam all the time. Maybe that's for those of us. And he just simply says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted among the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Psalm 55, another good verse in Psalm 55. Psalm 55, verse 22 says this. The whole chapter is good, but this verse, we'll look at this one verse. Cast thy burden upon the Lord. He says, cast thy burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee and he shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. That ought to be encouraging for us to know that we can take whatever burden that we experience, whatever trial that we have. We weren't designed to bear it ourselves. We're designed in such a way that we're needy. We're needy people. We need the Lord. And he says right here that we're to take our burden. We're to take the, the burden that we have and we're to take it and we're to cast it upon the Lord. That's probably one of the reasons that we sometimes get discouraged in life is that we try to bear some of the burdens and burdens are heavy. Burdens weigh a lot. Burdens slow you down. They weight you down. And probably one of the reasons that we get discouraged in life is that we, 
we try to take some of those burdens that we should be taking to the Lord and we try to bear them ourselves. Or we take the burdens to the Lord and we give them to the Lord and then the next day we go back and we pick them up again. I don't know if we think the Lord is not capable of handling our burden or if he thinks that he we, we think he needs our help in doing it. But he says right here that we're to take the burden that we have and we're to take it to the Lord and give it to the Lord. That doesn't mean that we're to not do everything that God gives us the insight and the ability to do. But if, if, if we have any strength at all to endure and overcome, it's because the Lord is the one that gives us the strength to do it. And so he says right here, you take your burden and you, you, you take it and cast your burden. That just simply means you take your burden and you give it to the Lord. He says, cast thy burden upon the Lord. And he says, and here's the promise that comes with you casting your burden upon the Lord. It, it, basically, it's good for you to do it. If you cast your burden on the Lord, he says, and he shall sustain you. He says, you cast your burden upon the Lord. There's two promises that are right here. He says, he's going to sustain you. And he says, and the Lord will never suffer the righteous to be moved. You take your burden and you give it to the Lord. And the Lord has promised right here that he's going to sustain you and he's going to see you through. Now, that's encouraging. It is. Why in the world wouldn't we want to just take our burdens and give them to the Lord? We think that he needs our help sometimes. Uh, Psalm 63. Psalm 63 is another really good uh, scripture. Psalm 63. Psalm 63, verse 7. Well, we'll start with uh, verse 5. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. When I remember thee upon my bed and meditate upon thee, meditate upon thee, meditate on thee in the night watches. And then these next two verses are really, really good right here. Because thou hast been my help. He says on the even on my bed, even in the night watches, when I'm meditating upon the things of the Lord, he says, I can think back, Lord, and and I can look back upon my life. And as I'm laying there in the bed, I can think back and I can meditate. And I realize that you've been my help through all the ages, through every experience in life, through every difficulty in my life. You've been there for me and you've helped me. And he says, because thou hast been my help, he says, as a result, he says, therefore, in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. Now, that's a real good place to be in the shadow of his wings. Not only does he have us in his hand and he's holding us up that way, but he's got us in the shadow of his wings. That seems to me that we're in a pretty great, a pretty good place that we're in a great place to know that we're in the hands of God and then we're protected from the shadow of his wings. And the psalmist says, because you've helped me, Lord, in times past, he says, in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. He says, my soul followeth hard after thee. Thy right hand upholdeth me. He says, my soul follows hard after thee, Lord. Another verse in Psalm chapter 72. 
another couple of really good promises right here in Psalm 72. Psalm 72, verse 12 and verse 13. For he shall deliver the needy when he crieth, the poor also, and him that hath no helper. You ever feel like that you're in a state that you don't have anybody that can help you? You ever feel like you're in a situation that nobody really understands your situation? Nobody really understands where you are, what you're dealing with. Nobody's ever been there and experienced what you're experiencing. He says right here that the one that hath no helper. Most everybody has somebody. We may think that we don't, but most everybody has somebody. But he says for the individual that doesn't have anybody, he says, I'm his helper. He says, for he shall deliver the needy when he crieth and the poor also and him that hath no helper. He shall save the poor and needy. And he shall save the souls of the needy. Psalm 121, some more promises in Psalm 121. Psalm 121, verses 1 and 2 specifically. The psalmist says, I'll lift up my eyes. Sometimes we get so overwhelmed that we aren't looking up. Not even looking straight ahead. We're looking down. He says right here, he made a conscious decision right here. And he says, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills. He says, from whence cometh my help? He said, my help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He says, he will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. He says, behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. I I, I think it's it's a blessing for you and I to hear all the traits about God. That God is our present help in time of need. That he's always there. That God knows our need. That God is our strength. That God is our refuge. And here he says, he says, by the way, he's the one that helps us. And he says, by the way, just to qualify it for a little bit. He says, uh, your helper made the heavens and he made the earth. So if you ever wonder if he's got the ability to help you, by the way, he made heaven and he made the earth and he's your helper and he doesn't sleep and he doesn't slumber. So no matter if it's daytime, nighttime, no matter what it is, your helper is not sleeping or slumbering, but he's always there to help you. And by the way, he made the heavens and he made the earth. Just sort of reminding us of that. He said, the Lord is thy keeper and the Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth, even forevermore. Even forevermore. Psalm 146. Psalm 146. I love going through the Psalms and and picking out these verses that that, uh, give us encouragement. In times of need. Psalm Psalm 146 verse 5. This one is good right here. Psalm 146 verse 5. 
This one Rebecca didn't write down, so you may want to write this down. Psalm 146, verse 5. Happy. You say, I I can't even understand or relate to that. He says, happy is he that hath the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God. He said there is a rejoicing. There is a joy. There is a happiness in knowing that God is your God, that he's going to help you. He says, uh, happy is the is he that hath the God of Jacob for his health, help, whose hope is in the Lord. He says, by the way, he made the heaven, he made the earth, he made the sea and all that is therein. And he keepeth truth forever. He executeth judgment for the oppressed, which giveth food to the hungry. The Lord looseneth the prisoners. The Lord openeth the eyes of the blind. The Lord raiseth them that are bowed down. The Lord loveth the righteous. The Lord preserveth the strangers. He relieveth the fatherless and the widow. And the way of the wicked he turneth upside down. He said, the Lord shall reign forever. Even thy God, O Zion, unto all generations. Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord. Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 41. Isaiah chapter 41. All of Isaiah is really the book of uh, Isaiah chapter 41 is really, really good. Here's one verse. Isaiah 41 verse, verse 10. Fear thou not. Boy, I tell you, there's, there's, there's so many people that try to motivate folks with the fear tactic. I mean that that's that's just such a that's just such a, a, a common uh, uh, occurrence to try to motivate people with fear. And he tells us right here that this is not the way to do it. Uh, just a side note right here. I'm just gonna toss this in. You can take and do with it what you want to, but um, I thought it's interesting that they're going to hire 87,000 IRS agents. Now, I, I, don't, I don't get excited about IRS agents. And, uh, I've been through an audit, so I don't, I don't get excited about uh, an IRS agent, but I especially don't get excited about an IRS agent when they equip them and arm them with guns. I don't understand that. I, that's just, I can't relate to that. And if there's not enough fear in it, That seems to add to it. He says right here, he says, we're not to be motivated by fear. He says, fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with thy right hand of my righteousness. He says, fear thou not, for I'm with thee. And he says, be not dismayed, for I am thy God. That ought to give us that, you know, that's what keeps us from being overcome with fear is knowing that God is for us, that God is there for us and that God goes before us. He goes around us. He goes behind us. He's underneath us. He's above us. He's all around. He holds us up and our God is with us. And he says, we're not to be overtaken with fear he says, fear thou not. Our God is, is with us and he'll strengthen us and he'll help us 
And he'll hold us up with the right hand of his righteousness. Thank goodness that we don't have to live in fear. Sometimes fear kicks in and sometimes fear grips us for a season. And then we are reminded to think about the promises of God. And then when we get back and think on the promises of God, it helps us a whole lot to overcome fear here in this life. Fear not, for I'm with thee. That just trumps everything else. That is over everything. It is. Um. When I said it trumps it, I used to play 42 with my grandparents. And so that's where I came up with that term. That's a 40 year old term that I came up with. Not not a modern term. But if anybody's ever played 42, you know what I'm talking about right there. Second uh, Corinthians chapter one, second Corinthians chapter one. Second Corinthians chapter one. Paul, just like David, gives us encouraging messages that will help us. And Paul says, he says, I'm an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. And Timothy, our brother, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth. He says, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he mentions two things right here. And and I believe that we should claim these verses right here. And especially claim these verses when we are in times of need. There's promises here for you to hold on to and to grab a hold of. And they'll help you a whole lot. He says, blessed be God, even the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He says, he says, blessed be God, even the the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He is the father of mercies. And he says, and by the way, he's the God of all comfort. You need some comfort. You need some mercy. The Lord is there to help you and to strengthen you and to bless you with it. He says, the God of Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. And he says, and I love this promise right here. He says, this is the first thing. He says, he comforteth us in all our tribulation. Now, there are times. There are times. uh, Naomi was one of them. There are times that. That we may make a conscious decision that we refuse to be comforted. We can be in that frame of mind. You may have talked to someone that no matter what you said or what you told them, no matter what scriptures you gave them, they had made their mind up. I'm in misery and I'm going to stay in misery. And but God's comfort is there for God's people to to use and glean from and to benefit from. And he says right here, he says, in, in fact, in fact, Naomi, when uh, when she uh, was going back to her homeland and, 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 and they said, uh, he said, that doesn't even look like Naomi. She was so sad and so grieved and so stricken. And, and she said, don't call me Naomi. Call me Mara, uh, M-A-R-A, Mara, because she says, the Lord hath dealt bitterly against me. And they went on to tell her, they said, Naomi, you've got, you've got some offspring. You've got some folks that God has blessed you with. And they're better to you than if you had seven sons. They're going to see after you. They're going to take care of you. 
but she was in that mindset. So we've got to make sure that we don't let ourselves get in the mindset that we aren't, uh, aren't looking for and, and, and desiring the mercy and comfort and strength of God. Because he says right here, he says he's the, the Father, uh, the, the Lord in Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. And then he says something right here that this is just as true as it can be. He says he comforteth us. He, he doesn't say in some of our tribulation, but he says he comforteth us in all our tribulation. So no matter what, your tribulation is not an exception that the Lord is not going to comfort with. Now, you may choose not to be comforted by the Lord and he may get your attention down the road. But but God has the comfort to comfort you in your trial and tribulation, no matter what it is. He says, who comfort us in, in all our tribulation. And then here's something that's really pretty neat right here. When you're, when you're troubled and you've got a great tribulation and, and, and you just can't imagine even getting through that yourself. He says right here, he says, I'm going to give you enough grace, enough strength to get through this trial yourself. And he says, I'm even going to give you some extra grace, some extra mercy. And then you're going to be able to take that extra grace, that extra mercy. And you're going to be able to take that and help somebody else. Isn't it amazing how much that we're helped by somebody that's been where we are? That's experienced what we're experiencing. There's just a connection. There's a help. And that's what the fulfillment of this verse right here. He says, I am going to give you what you need to get through this trial yourself right now. I'm going to give you. I'm not just going to give you enough to get through this trial right now. But I'm going to give you enough. I'm going to give you more than what you need. And you're to take what's left over. And then you're to take that and you're to go help somebody else. You are. Chad actually was a great example of that. God blessed him. He spoke here and he took what God gave him and he's using it to help other people through his experience. Well, this is so good. He says, who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. I just love that. That's just one of my my favorite promises in the scripture. And I love sharing it with God's people and encouraging God's people in that. I'll finish with with uh, Hebrews chapter four, Hebrews chapter four. Does Jesus care when my heart is grieved? The songwriter goes on to say, oh, yes, he cares. I know he cares. My Savior cares for me. Here it is. Hebrews chapter four, verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. It's amazing how that when we go through trials and difficulties, that folks that have a relationship with the Lord, oftentimes it draws them closer to the Lord. It's amazing that folks that sometimes don't, they get bitter or they are 
drawn further away. God can reach them no matter where they are. But he says right here, he says, you have a high priest in heaven. He's there to help you. And he says, knowing that, let us hold fast. Let us hold on to the profession that we have. He says, let us hold fast our profession. And then he kind of changes it around right here. I personally, and I'm not a writer, but I wouldn't have written it this way. But it's the inspired word of God, so I don't challenge it or question it. It was just a little bit hard for me to kind of, my simple brain to understand. He tells us we have a high priest. And he says, let us hold our profession. And then he says, for we have not an high priest, which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He, he says, we have a high priest. And then he says, we have not a high priest that cannot be touched. It just simply means that he is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. That's what I make of it right here. He says, and he was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. And then this is what he says. Let us. That's Brother Danny, that's Sister Tracy, Brother Justice, Bray, Cody Cole, all of their church family, their friends. He said, let's us come boldly. That doesn't mean arrogant. Doesn't mean proud. Doesn't mean like it's something that we deserve at all. But what it means, I believe, is that we come with a measure of confidence, not in ourselves, but in the Lord. Let us come with confidence. Let us come boldly unto the throne of grace. That just simply means you take your burden and you take it to the Lord. You talk to the Lord. Sometimes we may be so burdened down that we don't even really know what to say. And it's okay to just simply say, Lord, would you help us? Lord, you know our need before we ask, would you just simply help me? And he says right here, this is the encouragement. He said, let us come boldly, means with confidence, the confidence in the Lord. Let us come believing not in ourselves, we, we would be very discouraged if we came in our own strength. But let us come in the strength of the Lord, knowing that he's our comforter, that he is the father of mercies. And let us let us take our burden to the Lord. Let us come before the Lord. Let us come boldly unto the throne of grace. And he says, when we go before the throne of grace, he says, there's a there's a twofold uh, benefit right here for the child of God. He says, you take your burden to the Lord. You go boldly unto the throne of grace. And he says, and at the throne of grace, you're not going to find justice. You're not going to find a God of wrath. You're not going to find a God that is a tyrant. But you're going to find a God that is a gracious and merciful and long-suffering God. And he says, when you come before the throne of grace, you're going to find mercy and you're going to find grace to help in time of need. Our time's right now. We need his grace. We need his mercy. And he's promised That if we go before him and we take our petition to him, that he's going to help us. Tracy, Justice, Danny, Bray, Cody, Cole need the help of the Lord. And we need to go before the throne of grace and hold him up before the Lord.